Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Monday, December 18th, 2023. This is edition number nine of season nine. As we continue looking at uh, the book of Deuteronomy, we are in chapter nine um, uh, today, and we'll consider this chapter just briefly uh, together. Let's pray first. Our Father in heaven, as we again come to your word, we come uh, with the desire to know and understand that which you have uh, plainly given to us here in this, the inspired word of the living and true God. We desire to know your mind, your will, and we know that as creatures of dust, we uh, will fall short of that understanding. We need your spirit. We pray that you would give us your spirit as you've promised that we might gleaned from this chapter uh, principles that will help guide our Christian walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Be gracious to us now, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, chapter 9 is uh, somewhat easy to to divide. You have in this chapter, the first 12 verses, um, uh, basically an explanation uh, regarding the issue of why it is that God chose these people. Was it because of something good in them? Was it because of their efforts, their labors, their work? Or was it because of the grace and mercy of the God of heaven? And then we have an example of why it certainly wasn't them. It wasn't anything that they did or were doing, uh, will do, um, to garner God's uh, favor. We, we have that in this example given beginning with chapter, verse 13. Well, let me just read verses 1 through 12 of chapter 9. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today to go into dispossessed nations greater and mightier than yourselves, city, cities greater and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. So you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. Let me just stop there and and just say that these opening verses are very much a comfort to the people of God. They, uh, yes, have heard about these people. They have heard the stories that have been told about the people of Anak. They are strong, they are mighty, but God is with them. No evil then can befall them. No one can stand before them because the God of heaven fights uh, for them. Now, verse 4, Do not say in your heart, after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them up before you. Not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you, and that he may confirm the word that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Now here we have very much a contrast, and he warns the people, don't say when God does this great work of driving these people out, it's because of their righteousness, because of how wonderful and, 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 and um, good they are. That, that's certainly not the case, and we're going to see an example of that in their history, in, beginning in verse 13 in just a moment. But it's because God is the God of justice. And he uh, has taken notes and has seen the wickedness of the land that he has promised to give to his people, that land that he has sworn to give to them 
uh, that land that he swore to their fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Verse 6, Know therefore that the Lord your God has not given you this good land to possess it because of your righteousness. Again, this is repeated for emphasis that we might take note of the fact that it's not because of anything good in them. For you are a stubborn people, and we too are a stubborn people. We often take way too much credit for our own gifts, our own talents, our own abilities, our own labors. But the fact remains that those things have all been given to us by the God of heaven. We can take no credit for any of them. Uh, we can take no credit for our intelligence. We can take no credit for the way we preach in the pulpit. We can take no credit for the way we shepherd God's people if you're a pastor. We can take no credit for our labor and our job and the way we provide for our family. We are gifted by God to do these things, and if it were not for his kindness, we wouldn't be able to do anything at all. Verse 7, Remember and do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day you came out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, and the Lord was, was so angry with you that he was ready to destroy you. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, I remained on the mountain forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words that the Lord had spoken with you on the mountain out of their midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. <coughs> Excuse me. And at the end of 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down quickly from here, for your people whom you have brought from Egypt have acted corruptly. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a metal image. And then the rest of the chapter goes in and gives that example, that, that, that issue that, that the um, that the um, that the people of Israel committed that that horrific event that happens in Exodus 32, and that is of course crafting and making the golden calf and worshiping it, um, um, all in violation before the God of heaven. But we note in, that there, even in verses 13 through the end of the chapter, Moses himself again describes how he acted as a type of Christ to mediate on behalf of the people that their sins might not be charged against them. The same is true for us. We have no inherent righteousness. God does not choose us. God does not save us because we are uh, good-looking, because we are fit, because we are healthy, because we do good things, because we're nice people. Uh, the list goes on and on. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done. It's because of the mercy of God. Yet we are described as a stubborn people, and we are often stubborn. We are often, uh, we often resist the very commands of God, and, and we turn ourselves over to doing sometimes the most abominable of things. There are people in the world that commit atrocities, even naming the name of Christ, professing to be Christians, and yet they have so seared their conscience and have so seared their, their minds uh, that they believe what they're doing is right when it is an abomination before the Lord. And we have that example given to us in the events of the golden calf. But even there, there, even there, we note the righteousness of God, his, the mediatorial work of the Lord Jesus Christ who stands before God and men pleading the case of men that he came to redeem. And so chapter 9 is very instructive for us. It reminds us of our place in this world. 
that we must, that we might walk humbly with the God of heaven. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Tuesday edition, when we consider chapter 10, may the Lord help you today to walk according to his ways. God bless.